to the Free Your Fears podcast. If you have always had that feeling deep down that you are here to do big things with your life and you are ready to step into your power, then you are in the right place. This is your one-stop shop for no bullshit advice on how to break through your limitations, stop playing small and create the life and business you desire. I am your host, Caitlin from Complete by Caitlin, and I help ambitious women break out of self-sabotage so they can create the impact and income they want. I am so excited you're here and cannot wait to jump into today's episode with you. Hello and welcome back to Free Your Fears. I want to discuss with you guys today what self-sabotage actually looks like. And I think a lot of us know the broad uh, self-sabotage concepts like I self-sabotage relationships, I self-sabotage with food, I self-sabotage my business, um, I self-sabotage my career. We know that we're doing that and I want to talk a little bit more about the nitty-gritty and understanding what this really looks like and specific behaviors. Because what I find is that not everyone fully knows what those behaviors are. And sometimes we are in maybe a bit of denial um, that we are self-sabotaging, which is totally cool. But I just want to open your eyes because my only goal is to wake you up, shake you up and get you the results you want. And the only way that you are going to get those results is if you stop self-sabotaging and step into your true power, which means we need to have awareness of what that self-sabotage is. So the easiest way to think about this is to look at the extremes of behavior to start with, but there's also more subtle things. And I also just want to pinpoint that self-sabotage is actually going to change masks a lot of the time there are always underlying reasons and I talked about this in episode two of why we do self-sabotage and it it comes back to discomfort in the body and belief systems and all of that but it does change masks so sometimes we stop self-sabotaging in one area um, but then later on that thing reappears so just say there is a fear of being seen and I'll just talk about my own example here. Okay. So fear of being seen. I used to have a huge fear of being seen and it used to come up in like career. So I would be offered, you know, an opportunity to step up, to give a speech, to do something like that. And I would be like, Oh no, I don't want to do that. Um, that feels really scary. And then eventually I ended up running workshops for the gym that I worked for and doing those sorts of things. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, obviously, because I'm now doing the speaking thing and doing the things I was I was afraid of and being seen, I don't have this fear anymore. I don't have those belief systems. But it actually kind of changed masks. And the way it changed masks was when it came for me to run group programs and I started running group programs and I was like, no, I just, I want them to be really small because that feels good. But that wasn't the truth. I wanted them to be small because I felt safe because I didn't have 30, 40 eyes on me at one time. And so if I made a mistake, it didn't feel like it was 
so catastrophic in my brain. I didn't want to have a huge Instagram following because then I was like, then I'm safe with just a small amount of people. And so I would always play really small because underneath that, I still had this deep fear of being seen. So even though I had alchemized and transformed it in one area, it did start to show up in other areas. And this is something I want you guys to be aware of, not because that's a, it's, it's not a bad thing. It's very, very normal, but it can just kind of bite us on the bum sometimes and we're like that thing again uh one way I do look at self-sabotage and shadow work and look I use these two terms um interchangeably because self-sabotage is essentially shadow work but I these days I mean when I'm in the thick of it and I'm crying I don't think it's that funny (laughs) but I have a lot of self-compassion these days and I've done a lot of work around self-compassion and self-acceptance and, you know, changing the meaning of things. So if you make it mean that you're a bad person um, or that you're stupid or something like that for self-sabotaging and and that pattern coming up again, then it's going to be really, really hard for you to be compassionate with yourself and move through it. So I really want to invite you guys to <sighs> take a breath and it's okay if you're like, oh, I thought I'd change that. Um, it's totally fine. And lighten it up. Really lighten it up. And remember that you, you're you on this earth to learn. You're in this world to learn. If you're listening to this, you're listening to it for a reason. And it's not to beat yourself up or to make yourself feel worse. It's really just to build that awareness so you can get the result you want. Cool. So extremes of behavior. And what I mean by that is under eating is an extreme of behavior. So, and I don't, you know, obviously eating disorders come into this, but even just, um, not eating throughout the day. So this is actually something I do. And what it does is it sabotages my business and my relationships. So I won't eat for a lot of the day because I'll be stressed or I will whatever, like just don't get an appetite. And that, you know, it stems from my own disordered eating back in the day. So I don't really get a lot of hunger singles. And so I'll just be like, oh, it's fine. I'm not hungry. And, but as I start to get hungrier, I start getting really tired, really depleted, really snappy. I'm like, I don't want to do work anymore. And then I will start to just stop doing the things I need to do. And I'll be like, oh, I just feel so shitty. And then my partner comes home and then I get snappy, get snarky. And then all of those things start to happen. And so when I'm under eating, it's actually sabotaging because it's having this ongoing effect in other areas of my life when I could just be like, Caitlin, you're under eating. You need to eat something like you're just hangry right now. (laughs) So that's how that comes out for me. The other extreme of that is overeating. And so when I see women, not just women, but people in particular sitting down, eating and eating a lot, that is self-sabotage because we're not listening to our bodies. We know that it gets to a point where we're like, I shouldn't be eating, but I just can't stop. Um, I feel so crappy about myself And that allows you not to be seen a lot of the time because you don't show up. Uh, What I see with binging is, well, now because I'm, I'm binging and there's something wrong with me and I've put on weight, I'm unworthy of my desires. And so I can't show up in my business, in my life, in my relationship. So that's those ones. And let's have a look at some other ones. So 
procrastinating till the last minute or missing deadlines that's one end of that spectrum and then overworking like you work so hard that you actually neglect self-care you put all of your eggs into your work basket and your relationships suffer your fun suffers all of that starts to suffer Picking a fight, uh, <laughs> picking a fight with your partner over being vulnerable with your feelings. Yeah, this one I see in myself, in my clients. But you know, we choose, we choose to pick a fight rather than say, actually, I'm feeling really unheard and really unloved right now because that feels really vulnerable, and we don't want them to turn around and be like, well, that's your fault, or, you know, whatever might have happened in the past when we were vulnerable. So we just yell at them awesome. (laughs) Uh, Not setting goals out of fear of not being able to achieve them. I used to really be adamant that I don't need to do goal setting. Like I don't need it. It's, you know, essentially I don't need it because I don't achieve them anyway. And it stresses me out. It literally gave me anxiety and stress to set goals. And that was because I had associated this meaning to if I don't achieve my goals and I don't follow through, then it just means I'm unworthy and I'm shit and I'm unlovable and it's embarrassing if I set goals and don't achieve them and so instead of having to feel that rejection from myself and others I just was adamant that I didn't need to set goals and yeah that's that's something that is really (laughs) it's not a great place to be and I want you to look at why what your stories are around goals and a lot of the time we do set goals um to say something about our self-worth. So if we, if I set this goal, it means that I'm going to achieve, uh, sorry, it means that I am worthy. Yeah. And so if I don't achieve that goal, it means I'm unworthy. So instead of potentially not achieving that goal or not achieving it to the expectation I want to, I'm just not going to set it at all. And it's fine. Everything's fine. And Okay, so this one is one of my personal favorites. If something good happens, you believe it's too good to be true. So just say, you know, you've been given a career opportunity, you've been given some money, um, you've lost weight, you're, you've got clients, whatever it is, and your brain's just like, it literally can't con- compute. It's like, what? What do you mean? What do you, no, this is like, it doesn't fit my identity. This doesn't feel like it should happen to me. This can happen to other people. Other people deserve this success. I don't deserve it. And that is, and we will generally, when we have this uh, one come up, we start to reverse uh, or get rid of it in some way. So if you received a lot of money, you will spend it very quickly on things that are probably not that important to you. If you get a position at work, you may start making like little mistakes or something to prove that you shouldn't have that position. So this one is, this one really plays into imposter syndrome as well. So I'm not going to do other podcasts on imposter syndrome, but just be aware of these. This is all about building awareness. Always waiting for the other shoe to drop. Very similar to, you know, if something good happens, you believe it's too good to be true. It's like too many good things have happened or life's life's been really good recently. I wonder what that bad thing's going to happen when that bad thing's going to happen. Yeah. Overindulging 
in food, alcohol, Netflix, and social media. These are big ones, and I think that most people are aware of these uh, self-sabotaging behaviors. But again, when we're doing these and when we're overindulging, it's actually allowing us to numb out. It's allowing us to avoid discomfort. And so if you find yourself in these, let them be signals, not something to shame, not something to push away, not something to be like, oh, I shouldn't do that. Hmm. I'm really curious. Like, What's actually going on here? Why am I spending so much time with food, alcohol, Netflix, social media, or whatever? Sex is the other one that comes in here a lot of the time. Why am I spending so much time doing that? And remembering that all of those behaviors and things create pleasure. And we want to keep doing them because it's like, this feels good. This feels good in the moment. Yes, on reflection, we're like, it doesn't feel good because now I know that I'm like stuffing up my life or whatever the story is. But in that moment, it feels good and it's helping you avoid something that doesn't feel good. So get clear on when I am doing these things and overindulging, what is it that I am specifically avoiding? Because when you start to address that thing, maybe it's stuff with your relationship or it's something in your business or it's something that you want to be doing that you're not doing and now you feel guilty for. Start doing those things and you may find, not may, definitely, (laughs) will find that these behaviors start to decrease. Yeah. When I'm on social media a lot, I'm scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. I'm just like, oh, hello. What's happening here? Why am I, why am I doing this? What am I avoiding? Comparison. Yeah. Constantly comparing yourself to others and you're saying things like, I'll never have that. (sighs) This, this one makes me really sad. Um, Something I've definitely seen women a lot because we're, we, put it down to like them, the other person being lucky or being prettier or smarter, or we say that they have something that we don't have. And it's not, it's not true. It's not true that they have something that we don't have or that we don't have access to learning. And when we do that and we compare ourselves and then we put ourselves down Again, it keeps us stuck. It stops us from moving forward because it's like, well, I don't have those resources. I don't have those things and I'm never going to have them. So there's just no point in me starting or me continuing or me even thinking that I could set that goal. And then we get to stay safe, right? We don't have to learn a new skill. We don't have to go out of our comfort zone. We just stay exactly where we are. Next one here, people-pleasing. All my people pleasers, I see you, I am you, don't worry. (laughs) But, you know, you're not saying things that you want to say. You're not saying no. You're not saying setting boundaries. Boundaries are so, so huge. It's such a big part of my work uh, with myself and with others. But we don't want to set up boundaries, right? Because we're like, I don't want to hurt the other person. And I'm going to call you out real bad for a second here. But it's not that you don't want to hurt the other person. It's that you don't want to experience what you believe they're feeling. And you start to feel that in your body. And you're like, oh, that's uncomfortable for me. Their discomfort makes me uncomfortable. So I'm not going to do that because I'm avoiding my own discomfort. I know. (laughs) When I learned that, I was like, ah, it is about me. I'm not even people. Am I even people pleasing if it's not about them? Crazy. But we identify it mainly as people pleasing. So just being aware that if you're saying yes to everyone else, you're saying no to something else. And that's generally yourself. 
It's saying no to my goals, no to my health, no to what I desire. And, you know, everyone else deserves this more than me. And so it's, this is like martyring yourself. Um, and then eventually you just get so exhausted and you end up just feeling worse and worse about yourself. And this creates this cycle again of self-sabotage. Oh, there is, I'm like, Hmm, what are the good ones here? Like the juicy ones that I can bring out for you guys. I have so many, um, but I want to give you guys like the best ones here. Hmm. I know. Okay. I'll start again Monday. Who starts again Monday? Stop studying on Monday. <laughs> but this is like, I, I, I make all my promises to myself and they're going to start on Monday. And then by the time usually Wednesday comes, something's happened and it's all out the window. And so you're like, well, stuff it. I've already, I've already just stuffed it up this much. So I may as well just throw it all out the window, throw the baby with the bathwater. It's a terrible saying, but you know, this is actually, this is psychological principle called, what's it called? Uh, the window, the, the glass, the broken glass principle, I believe. And essentially what happened is these psychologists went and took uh, two cars out into New York. They put some in the upstate and some in the like Bronx or something. They left them perfectly. There's nothing wrong with the car. Two weeks, the car sat there. Nothing ever happened. Then they came back and they smashed the back window of the cars in both areas. And within like 24 hours, the cars were like trashed and stolen, all of that sort of stuff. And it's generally because the way the brain works is that when we're doing everything really well, we're like, oh, I don't want to stuff it up. Let's just leave it perfect. Let's just leave it good. But as soon as there's like one thing, it's just like, uh, whatever, it's already stuffed now. I may as well go all in and just ruin the whole thing. This is just something to be super aware of. And you never have to wait till Monday. You never have to wait till anything. You can literally just start making the next decision is the one that's going to help me move forward. And if you stuff that one up, it's the next decision. It's the next decision. Like just stop waiting and start doing based on right now, not what you did in the past. Yeah. It's always about right now. (sighs) Awesome. So fear of failure. Uh, this comes up in like, you don't take big risks or you don't take risk at all. I have talked to people and they're like, I don't have a fear of failure. And I was like, okay, when was the last time you took a risk? And they're like, oh, you know, things are like, things are so good that I don't really feel like I need to. And it's not that things aren't good. And I'm not saying that, but if there's, if you're doing things and you want to be doing other things and you're not taking risks, there is a fear of failure because it's like, if I do that and I take that risk, then I might fail. And that has all of these meanings and your meanings will be there. And I highly want you highly recommend for you guys to sit down and go, what meaning do I associate to failing? What does it mean to me if I fail? Because that's the only thing that's triggering something inside of you that, that doesn't feel good. That's creating that discomfort. Yeah. There's also afraid of success. 
So when we're afraid of being successful, it's like, I don't know if I can handle this, you know, what's going to happen, what happens if there's a situation that I can't deal with, Um, all of this stuff, we start to hypothesize what's going to happen in the future if we are successful and our skill sets based on our current reality, if we can handle that and we don't think we can. So we're just like, oh, I'm too afraid for that to happen because I don't think I can handle it. So I'm just not going to do it. And obviously the flip side here is you learn those skills. You learn those skills through doing. And by the time one of these things happen, then it's going, oh, like, I know I can handle this. And something I always ask uh, my clients to think about and myself to think about is, is this a problem right now? Is this a problem that I can actually solve and actively solve right now? If the answer is no, leave it alone. (laughs) Leave it alone. It is in your brain and it is there to keep you playing small and safe. Awesome. Last one, guys. I don't self-sabotage. So if you're sitting there and you're like, I don't self-sabotage at all, I love you, but everyone self-sabotages in some way. It may be the tiniest little thing, Uh, but you know, to figure this out, it's like looking at my day-to-day life. It's looking at where I would love to be versus where I am now. And what are the things that come up that stop me? And what are the thought patterns that come up that are stopping me? And just being honest. And because when we're in this, like, I don't do that and I don't want to deny it, it really keeps us stuck and it keeps us focused on like one thing and it doesn't show us the whole picture and the bigger picture of how this might affect other areas of our life or how it might affect our future. And this one tends to also come across as blaming other people. So it's other people's fault. It's because my boss hasn't given me the opportunity to level up or because my partner doesn't look after the kids or whatever it is. But there tends to be this denial that it's not my fault. I don't do it. It's always other people's fault. And I just want to be super honest and super like transparent here. Guys, like, yes, people are going to do what they do, but it doesn't mean that you have no control over that. It doesn't mean you have to stay in that situation. It doesn't mean you don't speak up for yourself. It doesn't mean that you can't take control and do what you need to do. So if you are in situations where it feels like you are a victim to other people's wants, needs, desires, and choices, you're allowing yourself to be there. So what I want you to do is go, okay, how have I contributed to this? How have I set the standard for these people to do treat, act, um, treat me this way? And how can I start communicating and changing things in a way that is going to allow me to reclaim my power? And maybe that's asking for more help from your partner. Maybe it's asking for help at work. Maybe it's actually saying, I am, I'm telling you, I want to make X amount of money. I want to have this position at work. I need you to tell me what I need to do to work on that so I can do those things. Or maybe it's reaching out to a coach if you don't understand like what's happening in your world and understanding what's happening internally and saying, I'm actually super confused and I really want to understand like how and where I'm giving away my power so I can reclaim it and have the life I desire. Cool. 
So if you see yourself in this and you see yourself blaming other people, again, super normal. We, (laughs) this comes from society. A lot of people say, I don't have control over this situation. And there's often times where we are, uh, like we are victimized by people. And this is not about those. This is when we victimize ourselves with our mentality and not making the changes that we know we could be making or not asking for help when we know we could be asking for help and then saying, I have no control. It's not me. I'm not sabotaging this. Everyone else is. Reclaim your power. Get help. You have choices There are always, always, always other choices. But if you stay in this, you will not see those choices and you will not be able to move forward. And that is shit. (laughs) That is shit because you can, because you're a powerful, incredible, unlimited potential being. And I want you to know that. And so if you're listening to this like, okay, I'm doing some of these things, then, and you're in avoidance of the fact that you are doing these, let this be your shake up, wake up to change something. All right. All right. That's enough. Um, (laughs) I'm like, I hope your ego is on like, (laughs) please come back to another episode. But this is just, I really wanted to highlight some of these and just know that, you know, if you haven't listened to episode two, I talk about why we do this more, but just know that this is coming back to avoiding discomfort And, but that discomfort we are creating, we're creating it in our mind and we're creating these emotions and most of it is psychological and made up. And so when we look at this stuff and get really clear on what the fear is, uh, that's actually holding us back, it's going to allow us to move forward. And that is my deepest, deepest desire for you guys is to actually move forward and to go, okay, I'm doing that. But avoidance has gotten me nowhere because just because you avoid something doesn't mean it's going to go magically disappear. I'm sorry. <laughs> and you just comes knocking again. But go have a look at these things. Let me know. Let me know how you feel. Um, and if you are feeling a little bit heavy and it's feeling like a lot, I want you to like get up, take a breath, shake it off, go outside, put on some music, like, you know, allow your body to start to move through this resistance and heaviness and know that on the other side of this stuff is light and fun and all the things that you really, really, really desire. Cool. So leave me a review, send me a message. If you are struggling with any of this stuff, my Instagram is complete underscore by Caitlin just drop me an inbox. Let me know how this resonated with you. Let me know what you want to know. Let me know if you need more tips. I'm happy for feedback. Um, I would love it if you could subscribe and rate my podcast and leave me a beautiful comment. I deeply, deeply appreciate that. And I will see you all on the